0: You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show.
1: You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross.
0: And welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 230, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Joining me on today's show is Nathan Hirsch. Nathan is a serial entrepreneur, and he is an expert in remote hiring and e-commerce. And he started his first e-commerce business right out of college, the college dorm room, and he has sold over $30 million online. Now, he is the co-founder and CEO of FreeUp, a marketplace that connects businesses with pre-vetted freelancers in e-commerce, in digital marketing, and so much more. And he regularly appears on leading podcasts, such as Entrepreneur on Fire and speaks at live events and online hiring tactics. Now on today's show Nathan is going to share how to get over the fear of hiring. I know many of you ambitious entrepreneurs you're not tapping into these incredible resources that uh, are available to us. He's also going to help us to learn how to use remote freelancers as well as how to handle poor performance situations which is something I know as ambitious entrepreneurs we do tend to dread. So welcome to the show Nathan.
2: Thanks for having me Anne I am pumped to be here.
0: Yes and uh, as we said before we went live um, we've just recently had Connor on the show and I'm glad to be speaking with you again today. Because I think you know, so many entrepreneurs they have a dream to build an incredible business that impacts so many lives around the world, yet they get stuck because they start off as solopreneurs, and yet they haven't really built the momentum or the finances to hire a team that they know is going to take their business to the next level. And all these untapped resources, experts, often that can be used and and um, you know incorporated into the business. So glad that you are here sharing tell us what are some of the things the obstacles that you find with uh, business owners who aren't really tapping in what are some of the myths that they may be telling ourselves let's get rid of those so that we can then dive in and learn how can we implement and use some of these untapped resources
2: yeah so i was kind of in that mentality as well back in the day i was a a young college student and i needed to start hiring people so i I turned to the remote workforce the gig economy because Mm -hmm. I didn't have access to that much talent around me. It was mostly college kids. Yes. But I always thought that this was kind of the, the secondary option. The, the first option ideally would have been to have an office and hire full-time people and get people with 10 years of experience that live in the same town as me. Mm-hmm. And as when I got older and actually opened up that office and hired those people – i realized all the benefits of the remote workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, not only removing the overhead costs that, that I really added for no reason, but when you're hiring just your town and the town next to you, you're so limited. And not only are you limited, but you're also competing with every other business around you for that exact same talent. Mm-hmm. And the big economy right now is booming for a reason. I mean, from the client side, not only do you get access to all this great talent from all over the world at, at different price points, but you a lot of times get people that really are passionate about what they do. They're not just waking up at 6am and putting on a suit and going to work every day because they have to. They generally love what they're doing. They're passionate about it. They care about it. They, they, they treat their their freelancing as a business like it should be. And a lot of the time you can build great remote teams, Great have great remote culture, Um, And really get a lot of flexibility where you don't have to hire someone full time for every single thing that you don't get when you hire full time people. So I think one of the biggest myths is that you actually get more from hiring people in house than you do from hiring them remote
0: yes totally agree and you know one of the things that I have seen in my business and I mean I've used a number of remote teams some of them have been with me for years and now as the business has started to grow um, I've hired an on you know an online business manager who is in Tasmania so living um, in one of the states here in, in Australia so it has allowed me now to 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 touch base and to have people more locally but still she's virtual haven't met her and we're communicating every single day so let's talk about how to use remote freelancers because I think that that um, is like within your if you're hiring team even in staff or in person you have to have systems you have to have processes in place you have to know who you're looking for so if you don't you can hire badly you can have the wrong person that doesn't fit in with your culture so let's talk about what are some of the key things we need to have in place to make sure that who we hire does become a strong contributing team member.
2: Sure. So what I like to do is I like to categorize it into three different types of people. And you have to remember that last week, freelancers billed me 800 hours. So I really practice what I preach. I hire a lot of them and I hire a lot of people with different skills that fall into these three categories. Mm-hmm. So what I call the, the basic level freelancer, that 5 to $10 an hour, non-US, these people can have years of experience. But they're really followers they're for clients that Mm -hmm. have their systems have their processes in place and and you can plug them in and a lot of times they'll be part-time or full-time and and they continue to do a lot of the day-to-day operations of your business and Mm -hmm. i use them a lot of them i have clients that use them and it allows you to take a step out and focus on big picture stuff then you've got those mid-level people the specialists they do the same thing eight to ten hours every day they could be graphic designers, content writers, bookkeepers, and you're not really hiring them to teach them. They're not really hired to consult with you. You're hiring them as doers. So I have graphic designers that that, uh, that I'm constantly going to. Hey, I need these banners done. I need these infographics. I have bookkeepers who are doing my billing. I, I didn't teach them how to do bookkeeping. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not my systems or processes. That's not my background. Mm-hmm. And so I utilize them effectively to complement the people who are more following my systems. And then... You've got the experts that 25 and up the people who can consult they can audit they can turn that weakness into a strength and i'll hire a facebook ad expert to run my facebook ads at a higher level i just hired uh, an instagram person to, to run my instagram i just hired um, a marketing expert or an email marketer to go through all my emails um the content and help revise them and, and offer feedback where they actually bring something to the table mm-hmm. in an area that is not my core competency so utilizing these people correctly is how you grow a great remote team and how you move your business forward. The mistakes come when you hire a a lower level person to do an expert level task Mm. or, or vice versa. So for me, it's all about figuring out, okay, whenever I need to hire, do I need that basic? Do I need that mid or do I need that expert?
0: Yes, great, great uh, insights there, and and I know, and and I'll certainly allow you to to share that. Free up actually goes through and interviews; they really go pre vetted. That that's what free up does. But from a business point of view, what are some of the things that we can give you as you're we're working with you to really streamline the process and ensure that we get the right staff? Because I know that if someone we want on our team, say the mid level, who are there constantly working using their expertise to support us there are different people with different characteristics and things if you want to really build a team where they can contribute and feel like they're part of something that's that's amazing what are some things that we need to have in place to allow us to create that culture
2: definitely so I mean before you do anything before you submit a worker request on free up or post a job anywhere you really need to identify hey what tasks am I going to take off my plate create a list of everything you do on a day-to-day basis And also that list of all your weaknesses. I do a brutally honest evaluation of myself and my business partner, Connor, and figure out, hey, what are we not good at that we're constantly doing all the time? Because we need to hire someone else and have them turn that weakness into a strength. Mm -hmm. So step one is really identify what to take off your plate. And step two is figure out what your perfect person looks like. Is it project-based? Is it full-time? Is it U.S.? Is it non-U.S.? What kind of skill set, background? We talked about the different levels. What level does it fall in? Mm -hmm. But also, what kind of culture is your business? Are you a cutthroat real estate agency that's looking for someone who's a sales guy? Because if you hire someone that's warm and fuzzy, that's not going to be a good fit, even Mm -hmm. if they're very talented. So really identifying what to take off your plate and what your perfect person looks like. Is what you have to do before you can even start putting in your requests.
0: Yeah, great, great. Now I'm going to ask a question and I know that it's going to be valuable for people that are listening and watching today but it's going to be extremely valuable for me because this is a process that I'm actually going through. So we're going to be hiring a team that has multiple people, uh, two or three, working on one project and it's going to consistently be going week out, week in, week, week out. And we're thinking of you know having a project manager because one of the things that I was thinking when you said billing 800 now you do not want to be overseeing that so if we've got a multiple team members working is it wise to have a project manager that oversees checks in that kind of thing because then you know we could spend all of our time just checking in making sure things are done are there issues how how does that work for your business what are some of the things that you've done to to take that load off your plate
2: Definitely. Project managers or, or team leaders are, are essential and mm. it, it depends. Obviously you have to be able to afford it. I, I've seen clients that they they have a project manager, but they really shouldn't have a project manager because either their team's too small and they don't need it yes. um, or they really can't afford it depending on how their business is doing. But mm. assuming that you can afford it and you do have enough people where it makes sense, a project manager can be a very vague term. You really have mm. to define it a little bit more. And yeah. the way that I like to define it are, what task are they going to be responsible for or tasks and what people are they going to be responsible for? And Mm. that's really what you need to look at. And a lot of times it falls on either end. They could be more responsible for projects or more responsible for people or an even 50% split. Now, a lot of times what, what I've ended ended up happening with me is those people kind of emerge. So I might hire three assistants to do something. And Mm. after working with them, one of them I can take over and give the assignment as a project manager. I've seen it happen both ways, and, and I've hired project managers to come in. Uh, but you really want someone that frees up your time. If you're, if you're hiring a project manager, but then you're also talking to the three or four people behind them consistently, then it's not a great use of the project manager. The project mm-hmm. manager should be that one point person who can take it off your plate and someone that you built trust with over time that you can mm-hmm. know, that you know can execute things at a high level.
0: Yeah, great, great uh, strategy there because I think when uh, when you have the right person in the right role and, and everything is defined and, uh, and one of my backgrounds is in, in HR and teams, and, you know, in person, of course, in corporate, and one of the things that I see often feedback where teams have not been integrated not been working well and the culture's really low morale is when they don't know what their, what their tasks are. What are the goalposts? And if you've got a leader that continues to change or the feedback that they continue to get, and we're going to talk about that, how to handle poor performance. Sometimes the poor performance has got nothing to do with the team members, but actually the leader who hasn't been clear in their directions and has been, um, yeah, just not, not operating the best way and creating an environment in which the team can really contribute their expertise. What are some other things that you've seen along the way, maybe some insights that you've learned through using these remote freelancers, that when you put these into place, it works really well, things are streamlined, and you can focus on what you do best as CEO of your business? So
2: one of the things that I put into place is a feedback loop. I want them to come in every day with new ideas, with new feedback. I mean, some of the best ideas, the ones that have made me the most money or cut the most cost have come from other people, not from me, because I've created a loop where they're constantly bringing ideas to the table, Mm -hmm. but it goes both ways. I need to be able to give brutally honest feedback. Mm -hmm. No one does 100% of what I want all the time, nonstop for five years. It, It doesn't work that way. So I need to surround myself with people that I can be direct. If I'm, if I'm in a rush, I need to be able to be them quick, brutal feedback Mm. that they're not going to take personally. They're not going to have a vendetta against me Mm. and then they're going to be able to implement that and actually change it and take it to heart and want to improve. So those, I surround myself with people like that and I'm very quick to move away from people if I, if I can tell they're taking it personally, Mm. or if I can tell that they're They're not actually bringing their their head to the table every day and and bringing ideas. But now that I have these people that can do it, it makes my life so much easier. I mean, they're constantly coming up with new, innovative ways. I only have to say things once when I give it back. I don't deal with Mm -hmm. a lot of the drama that you get in the corporate office. Oh, he doesn't like me. That's why he's saying that. There's Mm -hmm. none of that nonsense. It's very much everyone's working together for a common goal.
0: Yeah, and uh, 800 uh, hours, that is a lot of various team members working from multiple locations. For someone who's thinking I'd love to tap into that, but how do you manage all of that? Are there some tools or t- you know online uh, project management tools that you recommend? What are you using or what are some of the things that your clients are using as they're onboarding these remote teams?
2: Yeah, I am so basic. I use Skype, which is a great free tool. I can create group chats. There's records of everything. I can um, introduce them to clients if if that's part of their task. Um, I use Trello. So the Mm -hmm. way that I organize Trello is it's divided up between day-to-day short-term projects, long-term projects. So all my assistants will have short-term things that are due in the next week or two. So whenever there's a slow few hours, they chip away at those. And then they'll also have long-term projects that or do maybe a month or two down the line that they can slowly chip away at. So I'm constantly making sure everything's efficient, that people have things to work on. And I can really use those two tools to organize 90% plus of my freelancers. For my developers, we use a software called JIRA, um, which is great. You can put in different QA issues, bugs, prioritize. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. But for the non-devs, I really do only use those two tools, Mm. although I have a lot of clients who will use the slacks, the Asanas, and the more advanced tools.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? It can be as complicated or as simple as you want it to be, but whatever it is that you use, you make sure that you're implementing and using those tools in the best way possible. Let's talk about uh, handling poor performance situations. What are some of the things that you commonly see, and how do we approach those?
2: So the first thing I do before anything is I gather information. Um, The funny story that I I tell is I have this bookkeeper who's incredible. I would put him up against any U.S. bookkeeper, Mm. and he lives in the Philippines. And he handles the billing for free up, and we have very complicated billing. We built it ourselves, and does a great job. And he crushed busy season last year. Mm. But come January, all of a sudden I I started to notice his performance was slipping out of nowhere. I'd never Mm. experienced that with him before. And I could have overreacted, I could have yelled at him, I could have done a lot of different things. Mm. But what I did was I just had a a, a one-to-one conversation. Hey man, like this is what I'm noticing. This is what I really liked about what you were doing before. Mm. What's going on? Like let me know, let me inside your head a little bit. Mm. And it turns out he was just burnt out from busy season. He had worked his butt off for eight weeks and he was just tired. And so I gave him a week off. I said, Mm. come back next Monday. And and let, let's get back to it and mm-hmm. he's been crushing it ever since with no issues and had i done it a different way or overreacted or fire him it would have taken a lot more of my time energy and money mm-hmm. so step one is gather the information and it's not always going to work out the way that i just explained but make sure you have the full picture of what's going on
0: mm-hmm.
2: step two is to put the, is to give them a chance you want to give them feedback especially If you've invested a lot of time into them already. Now, Mm -hmm. if you haven't and they're already showing red flags, I'm pretty quick to cut bait before I invest time into that. But if I've invested time, I look at it as an investment. It's in my best interest for them to turn it around and I give them a chance to do it. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't work, what I will do is I'll identify everything that they're doing, all the tasks on their plate. And I'll hire someone else and I'll slowly start taking tasks off their plate. And one of two things is going to happen. Either eventually I've taken everything off that plate and off their plate. And that person is, is still going downhill. And, but all of a sudden he's not as um, valuable to me as he once was, mm-hmm. or that light bulb eventually goes off. Wow. My stuff's getting taken off my plate and he turns it around and I might even have a backup person and keep that other guy. So that's usually how I handle situations like that. There's obviously more extreme situations that you've invested in something in someone they've done something that, you, you know they're not going to recover for and you cut bait. Yes. But nine times out of 10, I'm able to do that process that I just told you.
0: Yeah, fantastic. So let's just take a moment and uh, share a little bit more about freeup.com uh, and, and some of the unique things that you do and that could really benefit us as ambitious entrepreneurs when we're looking at hiring remote teams.
2: Sure, so we're all about pre-vetting, speed, customer service, and protection. Mm-hmm. On the front end, we get hundreds of applicants every week freelancers from all over the world we bet them not only for skill but for attitude and communication as well taking the top one percent and letting them in mm-hmm. we then make them available to you quickly when you put in a request we fill it within a business day usually faster we have clients that get started working within hours or minutes of putting in the request we're mm-hmm. really fast
1: mm-hmm.
2: on the back end we're very hands-on. My calendar is right on the top of the website. You can book a meeting with me. People have my cell phone, my Skype, I'm very available. But I also have a team of people that monitor my Skypes and emails 24 seven. Mm-hmm. So you get pretty close to instant support no matter how small your need is. And then last, we have a no turnover guarantee. Freelancers on the free up marketplace rarely quit. It is real life, it could happen. If they ever do, we cover all replacement costs and get you a new freelancer right away. So that's really what we're all about.
0: Yeah one thing I want to speak into because I know some um, business owners would say well you know hiring overseas it's a low low income for them but where they're based overseas a lot of those developing countries where they come from don't have opportunities that we do in the Western world and the income that they're generating is actually amazing if you consider what's happening in their country speak a little bit to that so people can feel at ease knowing that they're actually supporting um, people that normally wouldn't have opportunities
2: yeah I mean I was just in the Philippines a few months ago and the average rate per day or the minimum wage per day is $12 a day Mm. so it's not that hard to beat it Um, a lot of the times that they have to drive in terrible traffic one hour each way to work and they would much prefer to work at home now, there are also a lot of very talented people that charge well well above that standard 4 to $6 mm-hmm. an hour VA. And one of the coolest things for me is when we threw this big event in the Philippines, people were showing me their houses, their cars, things that they bought with the, the $3 million that we paid out to freelancers last year. And yeah. for me, that was incredibly rewarding. And, yes, you can argue the fairness of, hey, why are they getting paid less in the U.S. and all that. But, I mean, I don't control the market. There are plenty of other sites like OnlineJobs.ph and Upwork they've created this market already. Yeah. Um, all I can do is let people set their own rates, rates that they want, rates that they're asking for, mm-hmm. and match them up with clients who are looking for the same thing. And I mean, we have a very wide range. Of, if you only want US and we have plenty of clients that do, we have freelancers from five to $75 an hour um, mm-hmm. that can accomplish any of, of your needs. So. That's really what I'll say to that. And and I would generally ask the freelancers, ask them, are they happy? Are they happy in the free network? Are they happy working remotely? Are they happy being a freelancer? And a lot of people are surprised. They love it. Yes.
0: well if you think about um, what you said earlier about you that when you started a business you had uh, a corporate office and you had a team you really tied down to that and I know with freelancers and this is w- with the women that I work with and even I've got some some gentlemen on my team too is that they have multiple projects and they're not like nine to five it's whenever they can get to it obviously within a certain time frame um, but uh, yeah it, 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 it is that that remote and it's when it's it, it, it's super for them, and just being able to work that way really, uh, I think, is fantastic. Being able to give um, them some opportunities. So, say the website again. How can we best connect with you and find out more and get in contact with you to see how we can start with FreeUp?
2: Yeah, it's FreeUp.com with three E's. My calendar's right at the top. You can create a free account. There's no sign-up fee, no monthly fee, no minimums, no obligation. It's in our best interest to quickly get you people that actually help your business grow and, and me and my team will personally help you
0: yeah fantastic just um before we finish up and uh, close off, off the show if um, we are hiring a number of different people would it be helpful to have training videos and and kind of templates of step by step just to help onboard teams is that something that you recommend is as, as really good as you're onboarding new team members
2: yeah, if you're hiring the basic non US worker, of course. Uh, the thing with video versus training documents is with, I only do videos if my stuff is set in stone. And a lot yeah. of times with startups, those processes change they advance and I don't want to be coming out with new videos so mm-hmm. I prefer documents unless I know that I'm not going to change something for a year or two so yes. uh, I have clients that do it both ways but that's just my two cents
0: yeah no great great so uh, valuable content in in the show and I know that you know for businesses you want to grow you want to take their business to the next level so that maybe they have enough income to hire people in their own town or in their own uh, country then using these talented remote uh, team workers can certainly support as you're growing your business because I know when you're starting up or maybe you know starting up a new business venture there's only so much capital that you have to uh, to invest so it's a great way to start to build that momentum thank you so much for coming on the show Nathan it's uh, been a pleasure and uh, look forward to uh, reaching out with you soon and getting uh, some of your team to help us as we're growing and taking our business to the next level too.
2: Awesome thank you so much for having me.
1: You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by Movement.com. changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's movement.com.